Welcome to the Brave Feminine Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Hamilton. And for our regular listeners, you'll know that with all of the interviews that I do with extraordinary leaders, I always end the conversation by asking them the same pivotal question. And I ask each of them, from your perspective, what does brave feminine leadership mean? And do you think it needs to change? And I'm always absolutely leaning forward on my seat, waiting to hear what their perspective is on the question. I'm also really interested in what your perspective is. So as you listen to the conversation, I'd love you to start thinking about who do you agree with? Who do you disagree with? Who makes a really good point? Because the most important thing is, what does brave feminine leadership mean to you? Let's get on with the conversation today and I hope you enjoy hearing from eight of the wonderful leaders that I've interviewed over time. Today we're going to hear from Anna Marinkovic, Diane Smith-Gander, Peter Harmer, Mark McGinley, Liz Broderick, Catherine Fox, Div Pillay and Michelle Windsor. First up, we're going to hear from Anna Marinkovic. Anna's privileged to lead Australia's largest small business bank and look after the needs of 500,000 businesses nationally. The episode we recorded together is episode 61, and it's titled I Stand Out in the Masculine Monolithic Homogenous Culture of Banking. I would love to invite you to listen to Anna's full podcast, but here's a little snippet of Anna answering for me, what does brave feminine leadership mean to you and do you think it needs to change? I think that brave feminine leadership um, would be consistent uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And for me, it's really about three things. It's about courage, it's about women supporting women, and it's about education, access to education. Mm-hmm. Courage, um, I have lost count, Melissa, of the number of times um, I had an opportunity to say or do something to change the conversation, and I was t- simply too scared and too scared of being seen as assertive, opinionated, emotional, too scared to be seen as a typical female. And today, I think about the compounding effect of all those missed opportunities. Yes. The compounding effect of every woman not standing up for herself or playing the corporate politics, thinking that that is the way um, to be accepted. Um, in, in the upper echelons of, 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 of leadership and in our corporate culture. The second piece is around women supporting women. And I often say that my greatest mentors, my greatest sponsors have been women, extraordinary women. But my greatest detractors have also been women. Yes. And I think there is still that notion um, in the workplace that there are limited spaces for women to succeed. And we really need to challenge that um, with all the audacity that we can collectively muster. And um, finally, I mentioned education. I genuinely believe that education is the single only true equalizer in the world. And the, the more knowledge women have and broader their horizons, I think the more confident they will be about challenging um, and changing the status quo. 
Next up, we're going to hear from Diane Smith-Gander. Di's had an incredible business career in banking and consulting and currently is non-executive director on a whole range of organisations. She is a keen advocate for gender equity and she's a past president of Chief Executive Women. In her own words, she shared with me in our conversation that her leadership style had hairs on it and how critical it was that she decided to change. Di has just got brilliant advice. Our uh, conversation, if you're interested in hearing more, is episode 66, and we titled it A Work in Progress. But listen here as Di shares with me her perspective on what does brave feminine leadership mean. Well, of course it needs to change because we just want it to be leadership, not feminine leadership. We don't want to have that qualifier. But we are where we are. And so if you're going to be a brave female leader, you have to accept the fact that our leadership is out there on a non-level playing field and you have to adjust. So you've got to be incredibly nuanced, really articulate. You've got to have all of your facts lined up. You've got to be prepared for knockbacks. So I think the most important thing is that you actually have to be out there, you know, with a perspective, really solidly leading your people you know, right from the front. The next leader I speak to is Peter Harmer. I loved my conversation with Peter. I would say that our beliefs on engaging people and building cultures align really strongly. The episode we recorded together was episode 67 titled Fairness and Curiosity. Peter has had an incredible career. He was formerly the CEO of the Insurance Australia Group, IAG, and he's a non-executive director across a whole range of industries, including private health, banking, uh, so on and so forth. Um, terrific conversation with Peter. I hope you enjoy it. And here's his response to what does brave feminine leadership mean from your perspective? And do you think it needs to change? Yeah, um, interesting question. I mean, starting first of all, perhaps, which is brave leadership. I mean, if I go back to some of those characteristics that I, I talked about earlier, um, you know, I, I think having a curious mind, um, you know, being empathetic or um, being prepared to share vulnerabilities. You know, people want to be able to relate to you um, and they need to know who you are, um, the good, the bad and the, the ugly, right? Uh, having courage, you know, to, to back yourself. You know, you, you have reached a position of leadership because someone somewhere has observed that people are prepared to follow you. So if there's no followership, there's no leadership, right? So what is it that makes you followable, right? It is probably, I'd say nine times out of 10, is because people trust that you're going to look after them and in whatever that actually means. And so being brave to look after them, you know, having the courage to, to take the hard decisions, to, to, to know, to recognise that, you know, happy customers are only served by happy people, right? So how is it that you can motivate um, and therefore mobilise people and help them find meaning in what it is that they do? Um, and so I think that's brave leadership because it, 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 it means, in essence, that you've got to be looking for change. Progress isn't made without change, right? Change for change's sake is just energy sapping. Um, and so there has to be purpose about the change. Um, and that's why we need brave leaders, right? We just can't, cannot stand still. If I then sort of insert the word feminine into that definition, I, I think that um, women have an opportunity to be far more in control, perhaps, than 
some are prepared to realise. And even if we just reflect on some of the things that we've talked about, being able to call out, call out those, those, I'm going to call them unconscious practices in the system. The sad thing is some of them are probably very conscious, but I, I, I won't go there. That will sound a bit churlish. But, but the things that actually militate against you developing as a leader, the, the, the exclusionary practices that are systemic in many organisations, recognise them for what they are, call them out. You don't need to, to stop them, but you need to find, and be good if you could, but you need to find an alternative way that for you to be included. Right? And, you know, um, it, it'd be nice to think that leaders out there, male or female, recognise that without any prompting, but that's just not going to be the case. M many of them will need prompting. And so be brave and, 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 and say, you know, I want to take control of my leadership journey. Uh, and to do that, I, I need to have conversations with you that cover off these things. And it might well be, you know, how, how I'm going to get access to information, how, how I'm going to get access to promotional opportunities, um, how we're going to manage the distribution of work so that when I need to flex my ability to, to, to put in the hours based on what's happening in my broader life, whether you're male or female, that applies. Um, then, then, you know, being in a position where you can actually have those conversations. Um, I, I think, you know, if, if you weren't brave, if you were passive, you would be waiting for somebody to do it for you. You'd be waiting a very long time, unfortunately. Mm. So be brave, get on the front foot, recognise that a lot of it is actually within your control. Next up, we're going to hear from Mark McGinley. Mark was nominated as uh, CEO of the year in 2021, and he'll humbly tell you that he didn't win, but what a terrific conversation I had with Mark. Mark was the CEO of Couriers Please from 2014 to 2021. Terrific conversation. He grew up in Belfast and everyone he knew there had small businesses, and it was in that landscape in the 80s while he was exposed to bomb threats and all sorts of different things that kind of as he said, toughened him up for a long and successful corporate career. So Mark uh, joined me in episode number 76, and the title of our conversation was Belfast Bomb Threats, Put Life Into Perspective. So love you to listen to that conversation. But first, let's hear Mark as he answers the question around what does brave feminine leadership mean? It's a tough one for a man to answer. Um, I think there's some phenomenal, uh, a lot of women have now taken control of their own destiny. So whether they couldn't get through the corporate world or whatever, I'm in an industry, e-commerce, where you know, over 50% of the leaders are, are female, or, or of the business the CEOs are, are female, young female, decided, I mean, Jane Lou, for example, at Showpo, you, you get her on your show, she... She'll talk for an hour about herself and 55 of those minutes will be how she failed and made mistakes. And, and she's phenomenal. Right? And there's a lot of women like that. And her team are female. You look at um, Reese Witherspoon in, in, in Hollywood, set up her own production company for females, female writers, directors. There's a new football team just being assembled in, in the New States, Angel FC. I interviewed the CEO. Of oh, oh, yeah. fantastic. Brilliant. You know, that sort of stuff. And then, as I said earlier, I think for, for males who have got any sort of control or influence is 
to make sure, and they can do this within their own area, create an environment where females can succeed. Um, and as I say, it's a fair thing to do, it's a right thing to do, but it's also the smart thing to do as well. Why would you not want, um, like the other, the other one came, to, I'm sort of following her at the moment, is Carol Tomei in my industry. Well, obviously Christina Holgate. Yes. Obvious, you know, um, she's become a bit of a poster lady for, uh, you know, the white, uh, the white jacket. Um, and she was treated terribly by a bunch of uh, men in uh, Australia Post, but that's another story. But Carol Tomei, you know, um, first CEO of UPS um, in 114 years. Um, and it just changed that company around in a very, very short period of time. Um, she's done a phenomenal job. I mean, told me a great place to work. Uh, she, 49% of people wouldn't recommend UPS uh, as, a, as a place to work. She's already changed that. You know, she's got a 60% approval rating. And mm -hmm. by um, empathy, uh, managing people, one of the things she did was, um, and the, the, there's no financial rewards. It was, Tattoos were banned uh, from UPS. Long hair was banned and all that sort of She just removed all that. So now you could come to work as yourself. Don't pretend to be someone else. And she got a 10% bump in approval just by that, you know? Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of pheno phenomenal role models for females out there. And I think it is harder for men, um, but they're the ones in control in a lot of, a lot of areas as well, right? So they just need to you know, sometimes get out of the way, but create an environment where everyone, not just females, but, you know, minorities and, and all, whoever can, can be, can succeed, right? Just, it's no barriers. Uh, and yes, you're going to have to be proactive as well, I think, with, you know, um, recognizing some of the barriers and removing them, if, if, you, if it's in your control. Mm. But as I said earlier, around flexibility, creating the culture, you know, remote. You hear stories at a Canberra recently where it was a boys club where a lot of decisions were made after work in the pubs and the bars where females didn't feel comfortable going to that and then they were excluded. You know, so you can control that. You know, you can stop that sort of thing, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I obviously don't have all the answers. It's quite, quite, <laughs> that's why you've got a podcast for you. <laughs> We'll keep on asking. We'll keep, keep on, on asking. Once For many people listening, Liz Broderick won't need any introduction. I mean, she really stands out as having been Australia's longest standing sex discrimination commissioner and uh, today works as part of the United Nations Working Group on Discrimination Against Women and Girls. Liz was also the founder and convener of the Initial Champions of Change Coalition, uh, formerly known as Male Champions of Change. Liz is incredible. Our conversation, episode 77, was titled It Takes Courage to Step Up into These Roles. I loved this conversation with Liz and I would say that uh, her explanation of what does brave feminine leadership mean probably comes closest to my own response about what does it mean. Enjoy this. For me, brave, brave feminine leadership um, it's, it's about a way of walking in the world. Uh, and I believe brave feminine leadership 
can be exhibited by by people of all genders. It's not just a women's thing. What does it tell me? It tells me that you're harnessing your emotions instead of trying to to silence them. Um, you know, so often we see leadership presented in a dis dispassionate way. For me, brave feminine leadership is about harnessing everything that I am, all my emotions and everything else and using it to create positive change in the world. So that's about vulnerability. It's about empathy. It's about um, fear. It's about courage, all those things. You know, when, when I lead and I lead with others, I'm not saying I'm leadership for me is not me being out in front or whatever. It's me being deeply connected at a human level to the goodness that sits under the brokenness, if I can put it like that, and working with others through an emotional as much as a physical connection to create positive change in the world. I think that's what brave feminine leadership is. And when the brave part of it, that's, I think, you become braver over time is my experience. I mean, courage is like a muscle. The more you use it, the easier it becomes. And I've just found that in my work. If I think about some of the situations I've had to navigate through in the last couple of years, I never would have been up for that mm. 15 years ago. I would have been kind of in a little mess on the floor in fear about it. So as, I mean, Brene Brown and others say, look, courage is not, about no fear it's about having fear but being prepared to step in anyway and I think the more you do that the easier it becomes the next leader I talk to is Catherine Fox and Catherine's episode with me is episode number 80 in our podcast and it's titled men are from earth women are from earth deal with it uh, it just really gives you an insight if you particularly if you haven't come across Catherine before with three decades as a journalist she's one of Australia's leading experts on leadership on the future of workplaces and the status of women she's written five books won a Walkley award and uh, I could keep going on so I feel incredibly lucky to have had the conversation with Catherine uh, let's listen as she shares what brave feminine leadership means to her I think Brave feminine leadership for me is an expression I feel slightly conflicted about. I think brave leadership, yes. Um, and I've outlined to you some of the reasons that I sort of resist this idea that there is a style of leadership that is inherent in women. Um, I think good leaders are human beings with a set of skills. So I don't actually think the only issue I would say is that for a lot of women, the word brave is absolutely correct. However, because what we are coming up against um, is, as I mentioned, double standards, uh, penalties all the time, quite a, a lot of gutsiness um, to actually, and clarity to kind of keep going uh, and to stick to your guns. And I must say, I was absolutely delighted to see the new CEO of Telstra when yes. she was announced saying, you don't have to behave like a man. Yes. It's one of the first things she said in an early interview. And I thought that was music to my ears. We don't have to behave in a masculine or feminine way to be a good leader. Um, but women are absolutely um, in need of a deep breath um, and to be very clear about what they may confront as they go up. But we have some wonderful women leading organisations in Australia. Uh, Susan Lloyd Hurwitz at, at Mervac, but a whole array of them um, and on boards and they're fantastic. I don't think they all lead in the same way, but I think they bring what they do bring um, is a different set of life experiences. So I suppose 
feminine is a word that I find sort of slightly, but yes, they, they, what they bring is diversity of experience. And wouldn't it be lovely if we just saw more leaders who came out of those culturally rich, culturally diverse backgrounds and some of those other areas that I've mentioned, because they would bring such a wonderful wealth of experience to leadership. So yes, bravery is there. Um, but, you know, the good leaders I've worked for, it wasn't because they're a man or a woman. It was just they were fantastic at leading. They were modest, quite humble. Uh, they listened always to others. Um, and they just had, as I say, that clarity about what they were doing. And that was, you, you know, when you see it, as we always say about leadership, when we try to explain it, you know, when you see yeah. it, you see it really, unfortunately, but you do see it and it's wonderful and it stays with you. The next leader I speak to is Div Palay. And if you haven't come across Div before, I just highly encourage you to listen to that to our full conversation. She's just an inspirational leader who grew up under apartheid and then migrated to Australia when she was six months pregnant. Our episode is episode number 75, and it's titled Charting a True Partnership with My Husband. I love the tips she shares about building a long-term plan together with a husband. Incredible conversation. So join me as we hear Div talk about what brave feminine leadership means to her. Brave feminine leadership means the courage to lead yourself first before you lead anyone else. Um, and I think there are so many leaders who have not done the personal work and I can say from my own story that when I've done the personal work myself, I have become a better leader for others. Um, and then I feel people follow me out of genuineness and they follow me and they collaborate with me before I even ask. Um, so I get the followership because I feel like I've done the work to be genuine and authentic and clear in my leadership of what I'm asking. Um, and I feel that, that that is brave in itself to hold a mirror up to yourself and look at yourself really hard for everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, and to own it and to make different choices for yourself first, to lead better, to be a better human being is brave. Um, and I feel from a feminist perspective, I think we need to change that sort of narrative around feminine leadership. It's not just women leading other women. Mm. It's everyone thinking about gender equity as a human right. And I say equity very deliberately because we are nowhere near gender equality. It would be lovely to think we have all equal access to the same futures, but we do not. Uh, I know that from my own lived experience, but for so many other people of color and for so many other disadvantaged people, people with different sexual orientations, gender identities, different ability levels, First Nations, uh, men and women who still do not have a voice into our parliament, um, who still do not have reconciliation and action that they deserve. Uh, and this is our story to own. So I think that gender equality making is a utopia. We absolutely all need to see gender equity as a human right. And when we lean into that kind of leadership, we will make a change. But if we see it selectively, we don't lead ourselves. We're gonna just be spinning our wheels on the same spot. 
and we still going to be number 50 or 44 or whatever it is in the World Economic Forum. We cannot compete. And as a small country, we have agility. Mm. Um, we have talented people uh, in, in our midst and we should be braver than we are. Uh, but we're not seeing that just yet, which is disappointing. So um, I applaud you on the work that you're doing because by bringing these voices out, hopefully you are influencing others to act. Um, so this, this is why I've said yes to you to, to share my story because I'm hoping that others listen and look at themselves and lead differently. The final speaker in this series today is Michelle Windsor. And Michelle is just such a true, open, down-to-earth, vulnerable kind of leader and always focused on learning. Michelle's operated at the highest levels of corporate life as CEO of Bank of Melbourne and uh, now is part of the RACQ team. I hope you enjoy our conversation. If you want to hear this full podcast, it is episode number 71. And the title of it is My Perfectionism Made Others Feel They Weren't Good Enough. I hope you enjoy that conversation. Listen now as Michelle shares with me what brave feminine leadership means to her. Uh, and good on you, Melissa, for the series that you do and the work you do with these interviews as well. I think it's amazing to hear from so many people. Um, so um, brave feminine leadership for me is about is 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 about being authentic and genuine. It's about being yourself. It's about being confident in your contribution. It's about standing up and being counted and knowing that your perspective is, is important and worth sharing. And, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, we support other people. Um, I, I think that don't feel like, you know, the important thing I think about you know, brave feminine leadership is not is about not trying to be someone else. Don't think that you need to be this type of person or you need to be this person. You need to continue to learn and grow. All of us need to continue to learn and grow. But no, we don't want a cookie cutter approach where every woman looks like this or every man looks like this. We actually want people to be independent and individual and we want them to bring their whole self and be comfortable being, bringing their whole self to work. I think we need to do a lot more in bringing women through and supporting women to actually achieve that potential and to be comfortable with that. And, you know, sometimes these conversations are really powerful for that because there's a, you know, a lot of women who I, I work with who go, oh, I just, you know, they just assume that, you know, it, you, you, it, it was easy for you or you never faced any of those challenges. And I think, as you said earlier, Melissa, it, it's about understanding that we all face those challenges. We face those challenges every day. And we've got to help people to actually work through that because you're going to face them. But how do we actually bring people through? So that would be the big thing for me. And that wraps up the conversation with all of the leaders today. I hope you've enjoyed the insights from each of those eight leaders into what brave feminine leadership means to them. The most important thing, as I said at the start of the podcast today, was what does it mean to you? Who did you agree with? What resonated with you the most? Who did you disagree with? What's your perspective on brave feminine leadership and do you think it needs to change? While you're here, if you're interested in getting a few insights into your leadership style and we're all about self-awareness being one of the most important things a leader can have, we've put together a little bit of a fun summer quiz on leadership. And so you'll find the link to that in the show notes.